Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mordcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, the Denver Nuggets beat uh, the Miami Heat in Game 3 of the NBA Finals, 109-94. to um, Basically, a dominant second half. The Nuggets went up, I think we're up by 5, going into halftime. And the Nuggets, really on the backs of, of uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, prevailed uh, in a game that was really weird. Um, Three-fifths of the Nuggets' starting lineup didn't seem to be able to function um, and as, as on, offensively. I think they did well defensively, but uh, particularly Michael Porter Jr. and KCP still are struggling uh, with the, with their shot. And uh, Aaron Gordon is, you know, he's not the most reliable shooters, but uh, he wasn't able to produce on a high level. This was really about uh, Murray and Jokic. Jok- Murray had 34, Jokic had 32, 21, and uh, 10, which is a insane stat line. Um, and I'll get to more to Jokic. I'm going to save the Jokic talk to the second half of the podcast. But um, 
you know, the the interesting thing about the Denver Nuggets is that, and this is something that I wanted to get into. I almost podcasted about this yesterday, but I got I got to do it. And, and and this is something that has been bugging me, and I need to address this. And I think this is a symptom of Nuggets fans being Nuggets fans, and Nuggets media being Nuggets media. There was a bit of a paralysis by analysis going on after the Nuggets lost game uh, two. And I think kind of everyone fell into the same trap. Um, that trap being the Nuggets, um, it, there was something fundamentally wrong about the way the Nuggets approached the game. And a lot of that has to do with Michael Malone and his, in his uh, Michael Malone way, calling out the team, quote-unquote, which was really Michael Porter Jr., let's face it, that's exactly who it was directed at. Um, uh, doing that after the game, it kind of shaped everyone's kind of weird eye-twitching freakout that people had after game two. And what was what people forgot is that the Nuggets, through the second and third quarters of game two, basically dominated the game and fell victim to what the Nuggets always do, which is they, they got complacent. Um, and it was, it was, a, and they not only were they complacent, which is what they did in the fourth quarter of game one, but um, they also fell victim to the heat, literally making every shot they took, which is not something I don't, this is not something you can count on um, in, in an NBA finals experience. It's maybe even something that you can count on all the way through the, the, the your portion of the bracket. But once you get to the finals, that's not something that you can count on to carry you through. And really what happened in game two is a stretch in the first quarter and uh, in the fourth quarter, the Heat really relied on next level three-point shot making is really what it was. And the Nuggets committing a couple of really boneheaded mistakes. Uh, mistakes. KCP did it twice. Um, and of course, Michael Moore Jr. Is the, was the one who got the blame for all of that, which is, you know, because Malone is, I think, incapable of blaming anyone else on the team. Um, but uh, that's a that's neither here nor there. So the Nuggets were going into this game three. Uh, you know, that game was Sunday and this game was Wednesday. And I'm wondering, and it, it was perplexing me why people weren't just looking at the game like they should, which was the Nuggets kind of did what the Nuggets do, and they let slip the rope a bit. Um, their game, their their defense uh, through three quarters in game two wasn't that bad. It was very specifically the fourth quarter, and it was and the the heat and and I, I always always wanted to to really I kind of said this in my wrap up after the last game, but. The the heat literally you hit everything, and when I put this in perspective here, is there is there a, a another time that you have been you who the listening and who's listening to this podcast right now is there another time you've you've seen um, uh, expert shot banking like this from a team that wasn't the Golden State Warriors? Well, it was the two games the Nuggets played against the. Uh, in, against the Phoenix Suns uh, in games three and four in Phoenix in their second round series. 
um, sometimes that happens. And I, I just, and I'm not trying not to lecture Nuggets fans or Nuggets media at this point, because sometimes people just, you get in the playoffs and you get tunnel vision. Okay. The coach, Michael Malone is very famous for having tunnel vision. Um, the Nuggets, if you notice in this game, they may have changed the way they set screens in this game, but they literally didn't do anything else but what they always do. This is not a Nuggets team that makes grand adjustments. I think they tightened up a little and got out the shooters better, and uh, the, the, the chief shit-getter from the Game 2, Michael Porter Jr., actually played a very good third quarter defensively, even though his shot wasn't falling. And, of course, he gets banished to the bench. But this, this, this time, it wasn't for a bad reason, because Christian Brown came in and gave them a lot of energy, and I'm going to get to him in a bit. Nikola Jokic um, and Jamal Murray end up scoring 66 of the Nuggets' 104, no, excuse me, 109 points. So, um, majority of the Nuggets' points were scored by two people. Um, and, of course, Jokic and Murray each had 10 assists, so that's another, you know, that's that, That's the majority of the Nuggets' points right there. Basically, oh, it's were either because of Jamal or and and Jokic uh, passing or scoring, um, but sometimes that happens, and then and I think in the NBA this 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 is a thing that that happens. But but put this into a little bit of perspective, Michael Porter Jr. was one of seven shooting the entire game and didn't hit a three pointer. Okay, um, if he hits more of those shots, this game is a twenty point win. Um, over 20 point win. If KCP managed to be more of an offensive pre presence besides hitting two shots, this is even greater win. The Nuggets, the Nuggets were, were so reliant on y Jokic and Murray because they were reliant on Jokic and Murray. That was that was this is what the Nuggets do, right? This wasn't a deviation from anything. The Heat kind of, and I do mean kind of, in-game to bothered Jamal Murray. But it, I, I mean, I need to reiterate this. this that, that was a, the, the Heat played a perfect fourth quarter. 100% perfect fourth quarter. And they won by three in game two. And why people weren't drawing a correlation between that and and the two victories that Phoenix got in the second round, I don't know why. And it was bugging me, and it still bugs me, why we do this. I, I, I think I think we get caught up. It's because pe too many people must listen to Michael Malone, and I always say this. Don't listen to him after games. Just ignore everything he has to say after a game and listen to what he says like after a practice because he's more thoughtful then. Um, even when he's pissed off, he's more thoughtful after a practice than he is after a game. So, you know, the Nuggets went into this game and just, you could tell from the very beginning, it wasn't about energy. It was just, they were doing what they always do. And look, it, and we, I don't, I, I think, I think our tendency to overanalyze things muddies some very distinct realities. The, the, the heat could come back in game four and uh, do what they did in game the fourth quarter of game two and hit literally everything they throw up there. It could, it could happen. 
Gabe Vincent and Max Struess could have another insane shooting night. Okay, again, Duncan Robinson could could happen again. But when you rely on the concept of perfection, you're not going to win. And this is something that has been true to basically every finals run ever. If you if you have to be perfect, your chances and your margin are completely it's not it's not just thin, it's almost non-existent. Because you are admitting at that point that you have an inherent disadvantage, which they do. One of the things that the Heat were able to do in getting up over every team they played in the Eastern Conference was they won the first game. It's kind of like what the Lakers did. They won the first game because they never had home court advantage. And that allowed them to kind of... They didn't coast like the Lakers did. The Lakers would get into game two and just kind of not play. And then count on getting back to L.A. and pressing their advantage there. The Nuggets didn't allow them to do that. This It was similar with the Heat. They would win game one in all of these series. And what that would do was allow them to set the advantage. Okay, this is this this is the way series are different from uh, regular season games. Okay, if you are able to set the advantage with you, if you are a team who, I mean, unless you're the 2001 Philadelphia 76ers who played their most, very specifically, Allen Iverson played his the most perfect game he ever played in his life um, in the, in game one of the NBA finals that year. Um, most of the time, if you win, if you win that game one, it's, it's not as what you think because the nuggets did that a couple times against the Spurs in uh, the, the 2000s when they played them in the playoffs, I think 2005 and 2007, the nuggets won game one of both of those series and it didn't work out that way. It hasn't translated this year. This year, with the way we look, and particularly with the modern NBA, with the way we look at rest, um, these uh, these series have been really decided by whoever wins game one. Because you can do different things when you are a game one winner. You are you you set the bar, and particularly if you're a road team, you need to win game one this year. I mean that the Lakers did it, and then the the the, the Heat have done it. The, the Nuggets won Game One and didn't play their best game. The Nuggets lost Game Two and didn't play their best game. They won Game Three by not. I wouldn't even think they played their best game in Game Three. I'll be honest with you. Their defense was was quote unquote better, but I don't think they were doing anything. They weren't doing anything different than they'd already done. The this Nuggets team did not adjust. They just played Nuggets basketball. And, and and that was it, and just with a little more reliance on Jokic and and Murray. But this wasn't this wasn't a big adjustment that the Nuggets made. The Nuggets don't move in and out personnel, other than benching Michael Porter Jr. for the entire for half the third and all the fourth. Um, now let's get to Christian Brown. Christian Brown has been great in this particular series, and I knew going into it he would be he would be good. He was not as good and would not have been as good against a Lakers team. In fact, he was benched um, for games in the, in the Lakers uh, series, um, mostly because the Nuggets in, in this scenario, that Lakers team was a different kind of defense. They didn't play a ton of zone. Um, and Christian Brown is good, particularly with as many um, 
teams in the NCAA that play zone. Um, in fact, if you were playing like Syracuse, they would play like eight different types of zones. So if, if you, in any of these scenarios, if you play a college team, this is where going to college helps you. A lot of those teams play zone because no one in college can shoot. So um, what happens is you need to have a player be a zone breaker. And uh, Christian Brown is the Nuggets zone breaker. If Michael Porter Jr. is not shooting at a high percentage, he's not going to be a quote zone breaker. He is a, uh, he's just relying, try, trying to get rebounds and, and play defense at that point because he's six foot, almost six foot 11 folks. He's slow. Um, Christian Brown is small, smaller, excuse me, six foot eight, six foot seven, six foot eight. And he, um, is got one of those, he's one of those high floor guys that every championship team needs a guy that's just going to go for balls out for 20 minutes at the, at the max. Um, and that is what happened. Christian Brown went balls out for that long and, uh, it really lifted the nuggets. He scored 16 points and every one of those 16 points was needed. Um, because three, three fifths of the nuggets starting lineup was really terrible offensively. In championship teams, you need guys who can step up like that. And and it's in this specific series with Christian Brown being a zone-breaking type of player with as hard as he cuts to the basket, um, what happens is uh, he came in and just kind of messed up the uh, Miami Heat. And every one of, like I said, every one of those 16 points was, was needed. They were Nuggets one by 15. Um, and you could tell the Heat, even, I mean, this was another situation where in game two, it was like the Heat didn't know how to handle Christian Brown because he busts their zone. And if there's anything that, uh, that uh, the Heat have as a coup de grace, it's their use of zone. They, 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 they're a small team that has to use zone. Okay. Jokic is going to get what he gets. I mean, he's a zone breaker too, but he needs two. Jamal Murray is not a zone breaker. He does really poorly against the zone. And this is really how the uh, Heat have been able to guard him is that they zone him up. Um, and then it ends up with Jamal heaving a, you know, 29 foot off balance shot. It sometimes goes in. Um, you need a couple zone breakers on a team. And this is really something that that the Nuggets have been able to do with Christian Brown in the lineup. Um, no slight to Michael Porter Jr., who's having a terrible offensive series. So Jokic comes in and he gets a guy like uh, Christian Brown aside him, and he can really exploit that. Now let's talk a little about a bit about Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray um, had his best game of the series. Um, Jamal, Jamal, when he gets going, he sometimes needs to hit difficult shots. Um, Jamal is a as I've said this on the podcast many, many, many times at this point. In the seven years that Jamal's been here, um, you can feel and see every fiber of Jamal Murray's being going into uh, basketball. He's one of those guys where it looks the basketball game looks hard and everything goes in, but he you can you can feel Jamal working, and some of that is Jamal needs to have that work to get him going. Um, and Gabe Vincent coming in and really, uh, 
pressuring Jamal up the court, grabbing him a lot, um, and doing all of that stuff that really annoys Jamal actually got Jamal into the flow of the game. That, that, that always backfires on teams when they do that sort of thing. Jamal thrives on teams trying to fundamentally harass him because that gets him into what he does best, which is making tough shots. And I think that really unlocked Jamal yesterday, and he became the Jamal of of the Lakers series, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, Jokic is always there. You're not, it's very clear in the first three games, they're not going to do anything to stop Jokic. If the Lakers couldn't do it with Anthony Davis, there's no way in hell that the, the Miami Heat were going to be able to do it. So the Nuggets have been taking advantage of that and they needed another guy tonight or last night, excuse me, who was able to, break through that and hit, hit tough shots. And, and, and Murray was able to do that. See where the, 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 the heat have a fundamental problem. And, and you saw that within the way the nuggets rebounded, like a poor junior had seven rebounds, you know, only had two points, but he had seven rebounds. Um, Gordon had a bunch of rebounds. Jokic had 20 rebounds. Um, Jamal Murray had 10 rebounds. Um, the Nuggets, what is it? Hashtag too small. Um, the Nuggets are just a lot bigger than the Heat. And sometimes it is just hard to rebound against a team that is fundamentally larger than you. And that is another way to kind of break what you do. The Nuggets are always going to have this advantage, whether the, hit, the Heat hit a bunch of shots or not. This is why the, need, the Heat need to play perfect fourth quarters like they did in game two. Because the Nuggets uh, would be getting every rebound and uh, not allowing them second chance points. Like Bam Adebayo thrives on second chance points. He's got very few of those in this series. So uh, anyway, I've gone long this segment. On the second half, I'm going to talk to you about talk about Nikola Jokic. His answer to a question a couple times he was pressed a question about what he did, and why the NBA uh, hates that sort of thing. But uh, we'll be getting to, to that right after the break. The NBA really, really dislikes Nikola Jokic's nonchalance with his own achievements. Um, how do I explain this? I've been talking the last, oh, I don't know, the entire playoffs. I've been talking, I've been talking a lot about how Jokic is, uh, doesn't do what superstars do in the league. He, um, doesn't do the endorsements. He only does the mandatory interviews. He goes back home, is a family uh, in the summer, he goes back to Serbia, doesn't film commercials. Um, he doesn't help the NBA out with its promotion of him. And the NBA is very aware. And that's, I, I got to point this out to you people. The NBA is very aware that Jokic is, is one of the best players in the league. And as of these finals, probably the best player in the league, they're very cognizant of this. And they are completely at a loss with how to promote him in this age of social media, in this age of uh, 
brand and all of that stuff. Then the, 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 the NBA is so, as I've said over and over and over again, the NBA is so used to players just going out and getting their own in many different ways on the court and in the advertising world. Um, and that really helps them promote that athlete. Their commercials get played during finals that they during the off season, they get publicity. These sorts of things happen. Jokic just won't do that. Uh, Jokic uh, doesn't participate in the traditional NBA game. Um, some of that has to do with the NBA's laziness. The NBA NBA is fundamentally lazy. They 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 want these players to do this, so it makes it easy on them to do do to do their jobs. <clears throat> but on the second half, you know, the second part of that is. Kind of Jokic just is it's it's I can understand why it's frustrating. Jokic uh, was asked about how, how it feels to be breaking uh, Wilt Chamberlain's uh, well not Wilt Chamberlain's but in getting being the first person ever to get thirty twenty and ten in a uh, playoff game or a finals game and and uh, Jokic went it's just a stat. All I care about is the win and he said that basically in different words twice. The NBA hates this. The NBA fundamentally hates this. They want acknowledgement of the weight of what he accomplished. Jokic refuses to do that. He refuses to do that. Um, and some of that, I mean, is not... I, I, people, I'm going to break some hearts here. Jokic is not quote-unquote humble. To get to this point, you are not humble. You have to have an ego. Jokic has an ego, always has. The... The issue is the willingness for the league to help an athlete that helps themselves promote. Jokic is not that kind of guy. Now, people have drawn the comparison with Tim Duncan. One of the problems with Tim Duncan is that Tim Duncan had the personality, I've said this before, he had the personality of wet cement. He was very gray. There was just nothing from him. You couldn't, even if you, then the NBA wanted to, they couldn't do anything with it because he had no personality. Jokic has a personality. He is just, I wouldn't say opposed, but he is just not impressed by the NBA's life. Okay. And not being impressed by the NBA life is a problem for the NBA. The NBA needs you as a player to want to participate in the what the NBA culture is. And a lot of that is self-promotion. And Jokic's refusal to do that, which is, once again, it's not done for any sort of altruistic thing. He is a, he's a team-first guy. But he just doesn't want to. And some of that is is handicapping the league. The, the league desperately wants him to do something. And you know, let me tell you something, folks. The Nuggets do, too. <clears throat> the Nuggets would love it if Jokic was like this big... I mean, even in Denver, they would love it if he was like getting out there doing endorsements and you know, all of this stuff. They would love it. Jokic is fundamentally wired a different way. He just doesn't... I mean, some of it's stubbornness, but some of it is just like... he. he, he this is a job to him. It's a very Eastern European thing. This is a job. He goes to his job... And his the stuff that he does for fun, his his lifestyle is his horses and going back home to Serbia. Those are things he that that where he considers to be fun. And what he does with the league is just him going to work. 
like taking your lunch pail to work. So it's basically if you had a father who, like my dad, who worked at the uh, Rocky Mountain News for 30-something years, 35 years, um, what he did there was just work. He would come home, and everything else about his life was different. It was two separate things. In the NBA, you they want you, the NBA, to be your lifestyle. The NBA, the league wants the NBA to be your lifestyle. They want the uh, everything around the league to be your lifestyle. They want it to be part of your being. And with Jokic, it's only part. It's only part of what he does. And you can see that with the NBA All-Star Game, where he just looks so uncomfortable. Not during the, the festivities, but mind you. And this is this is another thing people miss. Jokic loves the everything else around the NBA All-Star Game. He hates the game itself. One of the reasons he hates the game itself is because it's not a serious game. Okay? It's, it's, it's not part of what he considers to be work. So he has struggled so much in, in, in getting himself into a game that is fundamentally about no defense and entertainment, just being entertaining, just throwing shots up, just going up and down the court, not caring, and and doing all of that stuff. He just is very uneasy with that sort of thing. But he likes everything else, and I can tell you 100% for a fact, he likes everything else around the NBA All-Star Game. So the NBA has a very hard time with a guy who is very clearly at this point the best player in the entire league. They have a very hard time with a guy who just doesn't want to participate in everything else. So, if I mean, but with your own job, maybe there's someone you, you know who's very good at what their, their job, but you cannot get to... Uh, the, he doesn't do anything else. He doesn't go to company picnics. He doesn't do uh, uh, any of the group things that a company does. He just goes home. Um, now, that's... Up that that's completely up to Jokic, and that's what he wants to do. The M- the NBA wants desperately, desperately to promote him, and Jokic doesn't want to be part of that. This is one hundred percent, not one hundred percent. It's about sixty percent Jokic just not wanting to to deal with it. You could tell it in his answers. He just is so put out by he doesn't understand some of this is cultural a lot of this is cultural he just doesn't understand I, I think at this point he fundamentally doesn't understand americans and he doesn't understand the way we promote ourselves out here and if you talk to a lot of people who are from specifically very eastern europe it's it's that it's that part of that self aggrandization 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 uh the 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 bigging yourself up all the time aspect that people from other countries are just very uneasy with and that is it's not xenophobia from the americans part is this that we look at them we don't understand why you won't big yourself up why you won't be in the commercials why you won't be part of that uh nba industrial complex yoko just refuses to do it so the nba desperately wants him to be able to they want him to be the face of the league the nba does not it, it, I've talked to so many people through these playoffs. They want Jokic to be the face of the league. They just have no clue. Some of that is the NBA laziness. I would say a good 45, 40% of this is, is, is the NBA is just clueless about certain things. They are clueless about promoting people who don't go out and get their, their own. They don't get their own. 
basically. They're just completely clueless with it. They have no idea how to promote people who just go out and uh, uh, just do their job. And they just have no idea. And some of it is Jokic refusing on the other end. So it is, it's this detente. The NBA really does want, I mean, folks, I'm telling you, I've talked to enough people. The NBA wants to promote him. They want him to be the a face, if not the face of the league. They see what he does. It's just, they don't know how, and Jokic refuses to participate. And that's where we're at right now, folks. And he's doing it on a big stage. He's doing it on a big stage right now. And the ratings for these finals have been great. They have been great. Defying expectations that were, quite frankly, ludicrous to go going in the finals. The, the, the ratings have been great. So people are seeing him. But they won't. these people won't be seeing Jokic in any of their commercials. They won't be doing that. So it, this is a fascinating thing. This is going to be going on for the rest of Nikola Jokic's career, this, this, this battle. Um, we could decry the crash capitalism of it. We can get frustrated at how, how fundamentally lazy the, the league is. But we can also look at the other side and say Jokic just doesn't want it. And if he doesn't want it, it makes it really hard to promote him. It really does. Even Patrick Mahomes, who's in Kansas City, is all over commercials. Right, um, but the NBA, the NFL does a does a better job of promoting its whole league than the uh, NBA does. So it's, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'm going to be back on Saturday with a post uh, game four wrap up. Hope to see you then. Goodbye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. 
Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.